one day you'll tell the story of autocrats, crooks, and kings who came for our freedom. A story of citizens who stood up to tyranny and won. The people prevailed and renewed an old vow to a more perfect union. And that was just the beginning. The story continues. Narrative. Where truth lives. Tonight is the premiere of our serial called The Dragon's Tale. I called it The Dragon's Tale because I was thinking about the Wag the Dog, which is a... Remember Wag the Dog? I do. Yeah, the scenario with you start a war in order to win a position of power in a certain situation. So The Dragon's Tale is sort of a, a version of that where you've got China behind the scenes creating events, a series of events that seem to have been centered around destroying American democracy. So let's start The Dragon's Tale. This is part one. It was barely three months into the 45th presidency and the Trumps hosted Chinese President Xi Jinping for an overnight stay at their Florida resort, Mar-a-Lago. It was neither winter nor protocol, and it seemed miles away, in tone at least, from the fire and brimstone of the campaign rhetoric that got Trump elected. Also highly unusual was the presidential granddaughter serenading the Chinese president and his soprano wife in Mandarin. Arabella Kushner, the eldest child of Jared and Ivanka Trump, was instantly thrust onto the world stage. It's oddly uncomfortable watching this five-year-old being hauled before the two most powerful men in the universe in what was seen in China as a major political coup. Later that year, in November 2017, Trump was invited on a state visit to China and was given a rare visit of the 800-year-old Forbidden City. The trip was notable for this exchange between Xi and Trump about civilizations that outlasted them all. And I, I guess the oldest culture, they say, is Egypt at 8,000. Xi notes that, yes, Egypt is older than China, but Chinese civilization is a unique, lasting culture in the world because it's been passed down through generations consistently for 5,000 years. Yet there again, amid the historic setting, 
Trump handed Xi a tablet, and there's Arabella singing in Mandarin again. And as if that wasn't enough, the first granddaughter was singing again on video at a state dinner the following night in Beijing. <laughs> Wonderful, they say. Now, I know everyone's thinking, what's wrong with Arabella singing in Mandarin? There's nothing wrong with Arabella. There's nothing wrong. Arabella, there's nothing wrong with you singing in Mandarin. Good for you that you can do it. But it is interesting that the granddaughter of the 45th president of the United States is so well-versed in Mandarin and that she knows all these really important Chinese songs, which ground her in sort of Confucius thinking and a bunch of other ideals. And it is surprising that he's a Jewish guy from New Jersey. Maybe he's got some mobbed up connections. She's just maybe. Yeah, she's connected to the Italian mob. You don't really see their connections to the Chinese in anywhere. So how did this happen that... Arabella Kushner, at five years old, is so fluent in, in Mandarin that she's able to serenade the leader of the Chinese nation. And not once, not twice, but three times they play this. She have a Rosetta Stone? or She has a Wendy Deng, is who she has. And I'll explain how Wendy Deng connects to as Arabella's singing in Mandarin as we go through this next half hour. But it's fascinating to me that while Trump must have thought, well, this looks great. They love my granddaughter. Don't they love my granddaughter? In the meantime, this is a real intelligence coup. A real diplomatic coup that they've got the granddaughter of their biggest adversary looking and sounding and talking exactly like every Chinese child. And that is why they played it three or four times. And that's why she became such a runaway success so quickly on social media. She even made it into their version of the State Department. Was She was mentioned there in a press conference. She sort of became, as Xi's wife was saying at the end there, a messenger of Sino-American relations. Now, who declared her that? Why did they declare her that? And the look of satisfaction on his face every time that he sees this is not because oh, he loves Donald Trump's granddaughter. It's because they knew that they had success by compromising the Kushner and Ivanka Trump household. And this is how they did it. So we know that Wendy Deng Murdoch is a really interesting figure. We mostly know her as a person formerly married to Rupert Murdoch, but she is in fact a very interesting person. She's had affairs with Vladimir Putin. She's supposedly had affairs with Tony Blair. I mean, those are two world leaders that are I suspect quite hard to get to. She's a New York socialite who hangs around with Nicole Kidman, Dan from Furstenberg. Like she's really A-list crowd over there. And you might think she's a spy. I certainly think she might be a spy. And so does the Wall Street Journal. This is a big story that sort of alerted everyone to the possibility that Wendy Dang Murdoch might be a spy. It was 2018. And it was a big story in the Wall Street Journal, which is a Murdoch paper saying the United States warned Jared Kushner about Wendy Dang Murdoch uh, yeah. being a spy and potentially influencing this family. Now, she'd been friends with both uh, Jared and Ivanka for a very long time. Now, this was an interesting project. They were building some sort of housing at, at a nearby the White House. And it was a Chinese initiative. One of the first things the Chinese did when Trump got in was try and build a signals intelligence facility overlooking the White House, which our security services shut down. And she was and apparently out there lobbying for this stuff and doing quite a bang up job of getting people to donate and all of that. But they decided, no, they shouldn't let that through. And they, then they mentioned it to Jared and Ivanka. That they uh, it's not that long ago. It was five plus years ago. And yeah, it was in the newspaper. And, and it was the radio. Here's what here and now yeah. at, at NPR reported on that day. So the Wall Street Journal is reporting today that U.S. counterintelligence officials warned President Trump's son-in-law and senior advisor Jared Kushner that Wendy Deng Murdoch might be using her friendship with Kushner and Ivanka Trump to promote the interests of the Chinese government. Joining us now is NPR media correspondent David Falkenflick. Hi, David. 
Hey, Jeremy. And let's start with our characters here. Wendy Deng Murdoch, she and Rupert Murdoch were married from 1999 to 2013. Then they divorced. What more should we know about her? Well, she's, for one thing, she was born in China. She got to know Murdoch as a very young staffer at one of his Chinese properties, inveigled her way and asked questions when he was touring there, became quickly an interpreter and tour guide, and suddenly popped up as his consort even before his second marriage was entirely through. She was an influential figure on Murdoch in a lot of ways, moderating his politics, presenting a public face of News Corp uh, and, and Fox's interests in China, uh, and a very important one is the Chinese market is a very close one. So she, for many years until their uh, uh, clearly irrevocable split, uh, among other things, over her infidelities alleged by Murdoch, she was an important figure for him, particularly as it pertains to China. So what about Kushner's relationship with China or Kushner's role in uh, U.S.-China relations? He was the one who set up the meeting between President Trump and the Chinese president at Mar-a-Lago last April. He went with Trump to Beijing in November. What evidence do we have that Wendy Deng did use her friendship with Kushner and Ivanka Trump to try to influence policy. I don't know that was the case. Certainly, she's been a frequent companion of Ivanka Trump in particular and is a confidant of the Kushners. And she has met with senior Chinese officials, including at the time the Chinese premier uh, some years ago. So she, she is certainly familiar with that world. I will say, you know, that News Corp executives used to joke among themselves, what if Wendy is somehow a Chinese asset? What if she's a spy? And I think it was sort of the sniping that sometimes occurs about the big boss's spouse in this company or that company. Roger Ailes used to add the late chairman of Fox used to claim that it was true, but he was a very conspiratorial-minded guy. Hmm. After his split from Wendy Deng Murdoch, Rupert Murdoch used to suggest the same thing. So that's interesting. Roger Ailes used to believe that, uh, that Wendy Deng was a spy while she was married to Rupert Murdoch, her boss at Fox News. And, and then himself, Rupert Murdoch himself used to say that she was a Chinese spy afterwards. That to me is kind of news. I didn't uh, know that before, although I'm sure people did, but I you know, find that fascinating. I worked with people who thought the ocean might be moist. Yeah. You know, I've known some people who've had a weird conspiracy theory that salt was salty, and others believe that Wendy Deng is a, a Chinese spy. Yeah, but she is. <laughs> she is. It's exotic. You're on narrative, folks. Yeah. We, we deal in the occult. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of fascinating to me that they knew inside, they were getting all the money from China. They knew that he was married to a Chinese spy. She got him all these contracts that he needed in Asia. She got him access to all these people. She got him access to the leadership in China. So, of course, she's a spy. Of course, she is. And, of course, she's a spy. Any, yeah. Anybody, uh, look, I don't know if this comes up on Tinder or Hinge or whatever apps are out there, but if anybody has had a dating past of more than three heads of state, spy. they're a spy. Yeah. Just say there's yeah there's and I love the middle class American hand wringing about well there was infidelities is like when you're talking about monarchs and CEOs and spies and nation states yeah nobody cares where your pee pee parts go yeah this is just part of spy stuff and nation state tradecraft uh, absolutely a couple of interesting things about Wendy Tang guess what her real name is uh, not Wendy well it's actually Deng. Wen Gi, which actually means cultural yeah. revolution oh, uh, in, in China, in Chinese and Mandarin. And her parents were Communist Party leaders mm -hmm. in, in the town that she was at. Dad ran a factory, I believe. Yeah, yeah, an engineering factory. And despite the fact that she says they were raised really poor, I don't think they were raised that poor. I think they were just kind of high up in the, in the ranks of the Communist Party in China. She found a way to the United States, by the way, by having an affair with a guy and then 
getting him to divorce his wife and then marrying him just so she can get a green card with, with just the amount of time that she needed to get a green card. So she's not a lovely person. She's pretty, purely transactional. That's what spies do. But we know that's that she, spies you know, that's what spies do. <laughs> so in 2005, Wendy meets Ivanka. And as she describes it, to say here, uh, we met as neighbors in New York City and quickly became close. As modern working moms, we have as many of the same challenges and joys. And she's become a trusted counsel in my life. Not only that, uh, at one point, Ivanka was also the trust manager for her daughters, Rupert Murdoch's daughters, trust fund. So they became really close. And, you know, the fact that they, she's claiming. Wait, wait, hold on. Trust fund? What was that again? The Murdoch daughters have a trust fund of some sort. And at some point, Ivanka was one of the managers of that fund. Until she, <laughs> which, I mean, that's how close they were. We're talking like, you know, that's this is very Mark's close. Very close family friend. Yeah. And when she was on the Time 100, Ivanka Trump asked Wendy Murdoch to write her this nice little narrative about how they met and all of that 12 years ago. There they are in Croatia in August of 2016 on vacation. They're believed to have rendezvoused with the Rebolovlev uh, yacht as well. Some people believe, these People magazine believes, that um, Wendy introduced Ivanka to Jared. That they're, in fact, the reason they are together. And everyone knows that she brought them back together when they broke up because uh, Jared's family was upset that she wasn't Jewish. In fact, Jared writes about this in his latest memoir. This is from Vanity Fair. It's a write-up about his book. Months in, Krishna, an observant Jew, broke up with her because of their religious differences. She told him it was the worst decision of his life. Until Wendy Murdoch surreptitiously invited them both on the Murdoch's yacht for a weekend to get them back together. Also, there were Bono, Billy Joel, and Bob Geldof serenading them. And so basically, they invite Ivanka to the yacht, and then three days later, Jared shows up and they get back together. And so... Hold on, that last line is really good. Murdoch, Krishna writes, whispered that they were the two least talented people there. Hashtag correct. I mean, come on, you're good. You're in the same room with Bono and Billy Joel, and you're on the bottom list of talent. I mean... Who has an interest in two people to such an extent that they would go and... Over a 20-year period, spend their time introducing them, developing a relationship for them, building businesses for them, then bringing them back together. So you, you know. got Ivanka, whose family fronted the Genovese mm. crime family in New York that then got ruled by the Russians. And then you have Kushner, who's definitely on the Israeli side of things. Um, and a Jersey guy, that's a different territory. So... And putting those two, gosh, it's just like royal right. marriages in other countries where you're marrying territories together and forming alliances. So marriage made in all heaven. Yeah. So and here they Money are. Money and power, man. Yeah. All it is. Yeah, they are in 2010 as the godparents of Rupert and Wendy's two daughters. By the way, they baptized the girls, as, as one does, on the River Jordan, where Jesus was apparently baptized because... Because that's what you do, I guess. So I'm just saying that the entire thing smells to me like a procurement of an asset. I don't know what the exact term would be in, in mob speak, but basically over a 20-year period, we have seen these two people being captured by Wendy in terms of Ivanka. And in the next episode, we'll hear how Rupert did it for Jared. And this was a concerted effort. This was not something they did as an occasional thing. This was something they did over 20 years to try and win the allegiance of these two people who then land up being the most important people in the White House. And before I forget, I should tell you how the daughter, the granddaughter, Arabella, learned to speak Mandarin. Wendy Dang's nanny, <laughs> her name is Gigi, is the 
teacher of Arabella's Mandarin because that's who she gave to Ivanka and Jared to help them with raising the kids. In New York City, you don't give up a good nanny. You just don't give up a good nanny. I mean, it's just like doesn't happen. But Wendy Dan gave up her very amazing nanny to be the raiser of Ivanka and Jared's kids. And guess what? She's fluent in Mandarin and happens to be a Chinese national and goes by the name of Zhizhi. So wait a minute. Was that during Kushner's time in the White House? Yeah. So Jared and Ivanka had a Chinese national in their home while Jared was working with all these diplomatic gigs and an advisor and the trade deal with also China. in the White House. Pandemic. And all those things. And so they had a Chinese national in there listening all the time and teaching their daughter Chinese culture and language. Yeah. God knows how many listening devices she dropped into the house there, right? I mean, the whole place must have been bugged to death. Burned blazers yeah. and skirts and, you know, yeah. handbags. The point is the Chinese were really celebrating the success of their incredible intelligence operation when they were playing back those Arabella videos. Oh, it, that's for certain. They were like, oh, uh, look at it. We scored a huge goal here. This is I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put this on little Arabella. I think her Arabella's performance great. is awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. My you know, my kids might have been able to sing wheels on the bus, but they were not <laughs> lobbyists for the automotive industry in any way. However, were the Chinese celebrating that they've got America? They got the granddaughter of a president and that whole generational thing and reverence for older yeah. people in the family. That's huge in a Confucian society. So having somebody else's grandkid saying in your culture's language, whoo, that's a big deal. It's but a big deal. Put that in context of like, Zeb, you remember this stupid stuff during the Winter Olympics and they had Mike, Mike Pence out doing photo op. First of all, you got Donald Trump shaking hands with Kim Jong-un, which normally this country wouldn't stoop to that regime's level. Yeah, and of course exactly. we did, which is a huge coup for. China. And then they have Mike Pence sitting with the sister of Kim Jong-un mm -hmm. and in the, all the photos, she's kind of taller than him. That was a coup. There were so many diplomatic America humiliating yeah. coups that were pulled off dependency of Trump's thing. And uh, this is a very intense one. And it's a very special one. And when you say that it, it went viral on Chinese media, that doesn't surprise me at all. It was a huge success and we didn't get the joke until just now. In the book two years ago, but it just didn't get anywhere. The story never got anywhere. That the nanny in the Kushner's household was the exact spy that they needed to have in place as he was negotiating the trade agreement with China. He was the guy negotiating the trade agreement with China because he's got an in in the Chinese government. And so is Navarro, another one of their Chinese assets, and Bannon, you know. So this is the point of this in long investigation that we're going to be doing over the next few weeks. China's everywhere, and we're going to keep picking away and figuring out exactly where they are in all these big events that have led us to still a very huge crisis. And if you think they're letting down, they're not. They have built up their presence. They are continuing, in fact, increasing their presence. And their intelligence assault, both the Russians and the Chinese, on America this year is greater than it's ever been. So they're not stopping. We might have caught up now to understanding who's who and who's what. But they, they're not. They're continuing their assault on America. We were very busy with the Mueller report. It was very important. And we haven't even seen all of its importance yet. So yeah. that's, I'm not denigrating it in any way. America had so much to wake up from, you know, we're just now getting around to the influence of China. Yeah. And so important. One thing MAGA worries about the most is, is the fact that America could turn into communist China. That's the big fear that MAGA has, right? That's why MAGA, they don't want the Democrats turning America into communist China. Meanwhile, it's communist China 
that's enabling the whole MAGA movement. And so that mm -hmm. little thing needs to be woken up to. And we certainly are not going to be able to wake up the MAGA movement to that. But if everyone could start thinking about things in those terms, we will realize that MAGA has been a giant snow job. And, and people need to wake up to that fact because we'll lose America if we don't. I think people are going to start to realize that the January 6th was not about white nationalism. Make America Great Again was not really about Americans. America First was not funded or managed by America as much as it was other folks. And uh, that of all the nations that had something to gain from that, it's China most of all, because Israel can play all sides. And as long as it gets what it wants, can do pretty well. Russia has some, you know, Russia's very confused. Look at how it's gone in Ukraine. But as long as they expand their borders or feel good about themselves, if they rip off some money from our Medicare, they're good. But China ha has the most ambitious plans of all. Yeah. And they can think out a hundred or 200 years. And in fact, there have been documents written by Chinese people's liberation army generals about releasing bioweapons and just taking the farmland in America and Canada to feed its own people. Yeah, they're running, now, that's out, of, not, they're running out of food. They don't have enough food to feed their people. They don't. And that's who has food and it's land. We have land, you know, America and Canada yep. land. That's where it is. So you that's, know, that's why they've been buying up all this farmland in these uh, blood red states and figuring out the implications of that. Well, that's our job this year, isn't it, Zev? That's our job with the uh, dragon's tail. And coming up next time on the dragon's tail, we'll tell the story of Rupert Murdoch and Jared Kushner. We'll see you next time.